Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome uh, to our spoiler spoiler review for episode seven of House of the Dragon. Already one of us has taken shots at the show and lacking on the show. I'm not going to say who it is, but I think you can figure it out. Uh, We are here to do a spoiler review for this episode, Drift Park of House of the Dragon. Going to jump into it and get into all the uh, intrigue, political drama, and the uh, and the shade that was thrown all over uh, this episode for sure. We are the uh, uh, we are the geek buddies. I'm just going to say that. Uh, uh, let's introduce ourselves. I am John not, is uh, so thrown off. I know. I'm totally thrown off. As if as if as if recapping this wasn't going to be difficult enough. Now he throws me off as soon as we start. I don't know I, what yeah, you guys are. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I mean, this is. I think this is a creative choice on my part to uh, to light myself this way for Geek Buddies this week. <laughs> Let me adjust my screen to vivid, and then we'll be fine. <laughs> um, I am the outlaw John Roker, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies. Mike, I am Michael Vogel. I am a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies, and a big fan of lighting. <laughs> and this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor. Oh. Where. I saw this week's episode fine. I don't know what's going on with my TV that I saw everything perfectly. <laughs> yeah. And clearly there were a lot of, there were some complaints uh, for people who had issues uh, watching the episode and certain scenes rather in the episode that were a little dark, but I, I didn't have a problem. I like when things are a little bit darker. It's why I have an LG OLED because I love blacks, uh, the, the black colors on the TV and how it makes everything look a bit more richer, but clearly some I love like- that you two think that this is some kind of like mass, like just because I have an OLED too. Yeah, and it's clearly it's clearly not a few people with their TV settings wrong. Like okay. everybody in the world was like, I can't see. I'm thrilled you two so can wait see. A minute, it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying we're overstating, but you just said everybody in the world. Who's the one overstating here? I am saying that when a significant enough, like, look, I thought at first, okay, yeah. well, my TV settings must be off. But then I was like, well, every I just watched Rings of Power. There was an entire nighttime battle. Yeah. That looked great. Like, I was like, I no, this isn't a my TV thing. This is a this episode thing. Like, I've been watching. You're like, I love nighttime. I love the inky, the inky darkness of evening. Like, you're some Ooh. kind of poet. I'm, I'm like, just saying that too. The lighting was bad in the episode. No way. It's a I great episode. Those the are lighting professionals. Was bad. I would not say that their lighting was bad, but I, but. You know, uh, agree to disagree. And certainly Listen, there have been different opinions on if, this whole thing. I would, I would agree. You know, you, you're probably right. It's not like Miguel Sapochnik had some other episode of TV that he directed that also got slammed for being too dark. This is clearly an isolated incident. Well, I don't take a couple Whoa, incidents. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, 
Uh, you're taking shots here. You're taking shots. All right. Anyway, let's move on. There's always too much time on this. We want to get into everything that went on episode seven, uh, Drift Mark here. Um, uh, and we want to give a big shout out to Carbon Health, who continues to power and sponsor us here on the Geek Buddies. Thank you, Carbon Health. You can clearly see their name up there on the screen. If you want to go and uh, get have any of your healthcare questions, concerns, or needs addressed by them, go to carbonhealth.com. They've got 100-plus locations all over the country, 80-plus locations in California alone, virtual care, in-person care, uh, and they even have an app you can download so you can find your nearest uh, um, uh, Carbon Health Center there. Maybe you need some urgent care. Uh, you can go and download that app, have a doc in your pocket. So go to carbonhealth.com right those, now. Uh, all get, right. Get those eyes checked. Get those eyes checked at Carbon Health, y'all. Wait, this is going to be the whole <laughs> episode. All right. Episode 7, Driftmark. Mike, overall thoughts, because I'm going to do my best to uh you know break things down quickly so we can talk about it because a lot of drama happened but mike overall thoughts on episode seven i mean like lighting issues lighting issues aside lighting issues aside (laughs) a lot of shit went down in this episode it was uh thrilling like i like i said on twitter uh weddings might be dangerous in westeros but funerals are fucking wild like it was bonkers um i mean i thought that this episode was great in that it just it paid off so much like everything that's been going on with rhaenyra and allison i mean just bubbled over the surface the rhaenyra damon stuff kind of came to a head everything with the kids came to a head like there was just so much happening in this episode um with all the pieces you know we talk about it all the time like with all the pieces moving all the places that they've gone and then with the 10-year jump and seeing where everybody was this episode was just like pure over the top soap opera dramatic payoff. Like it right. was just one thing after another thing after another thing. It was holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Holy shit. Okay, no, I'm not as upset as I thought I was. That was a sweet ending. Like that was that was the arc of the episode. Yeah, fair enough. Uh Shannon, episode seven, the thoughts on Driftmark. Uh, you know, really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, as as Vogel said, this was this was an episode of payoff, and I love characters um, making big decisions that fall within the realm of their character. Like sometimes yeah. when you get into these larger than life situations, to get to the next point, to get to the next event, you have to you have to sometimes have characters make decisions that um, don't line up with uh, their history. And thus far, everything everything is super supported. I really love the moments we got with. Uh, uh, Corliss and Renice. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, I had no idea that the kids were going to throw down <laughs> like they Woo! do. Um, Targaryen kids are just assholes. Yeah, it yeah. just so much fun to watch. Just very, very enjoyable. Yeah, I like this episode a lot. I think they call this a bottle episode for you two writers. I think you can school me on that. It felt like a bottle <laughs> episode, but it felt like one of those spike bottles of alcohol because by the end, you're like, what the hell is going on? What have I just drank for God's sakes? Why is everything blurry and I can't see certain scenes? So I enjoyed the <laughs> hell out of this episode, though, from top to bottom. Loved the acting here. Loved the writing here. There was so much being said when people weren't speaking. It was incredible. I mean, I loved that. And then the changes. The We got some new dragons involved in this as well. We got to see um, uh, Amund connecting with a dra- with that Vagar, the older dragon. So that scene was so encaps- captivating. The, the uh, CGI, the special effects on that was incredible. And then by the end, of course, we have that marriage, which really signifies so many things. And a nice twist that isn't in the books. So clearly they are... They know how to read the room and make certain decisions that they think will keep them from a, a shitstorm of social media fire for a week, for sure. 
and made a very interesting decision. Once again, this is a spoiler review. So if you haven't watched the episode, now's the time to turn back. We're going to dive into all of it right now. All right, right off of the bat, we uh, every character is here for the burial of Elena. We are at the island of Driftmark, the, the seat of the House of Valerium. Lord Corliss is there. Lady Rhaenys is there. Damon is there, giggling his butt off for some reason. Uh, we also have Reyna and Bela, who are Lena's kids. I'm not going to call them Damon's kids. Even though they are Damon's kids, he could give two shits about those children. Then we have, Ray, uh, as I said, we have Renice and Corliss. Her uncle, Vayman, is there. Her brother, Lenor is there. Uh, Lenor's wife, Rhaenyra. And their kids, Jason, Luke, the king, Viserys, the queen, Allison. <laughs> their their uh, kids. Yeah, their kids. You're right. Amon, <laughs> Amon and Helena are there, the kids for Allison. Otto Hightower, who is all of a sudden hand of the king. I guess we're missing a scene. Maybe there's a deleted scene where uh, Otto showed up there. Uh, Sir Kristen Cole is there as well. Uh, Sir Coral is there. Coral and uh, lurking. Uh, around every corner, uh, pinned to the wall, Sir Laris Strong is there as well. <laughs> Sneaky little shithead. Vaymond that gives the eulogy in Valerian. He mentions how Valerian blood uh, uh, is and will never be thin. Um, and certainly there are looks being exchanged as Vaymond is taking this uh, eulogy to take certain veiled shots at people who are in attendance, which causes Damon to giggle. Uh, Rhaenyra goes to speak to her son, Jake, to offer sympathy to Reyna and Bela as they are cousins. Allison and Kristen look on like a couple of mean rich kids in high school. Jace wants to offer sympathy to the Strongs instead because he knows that his dad is actually Harwin Strong, but goes over anyway to try to clumsily and awkwardly offer some sympathy. We see Allison's daughter, Helena, composing some incantation over Spider. She says, hand turns loom, spool of green, spool of black, dragons of flesh, weaving dragons of threat. For those of you who know, the Civil War is coming. One side is green, one side is black. Aegon is criticizing Helena, but we find out that Aegon has actually been betrothed to his own sister, uh, uh, Helena, and uh, Aemon says he would gladly be betrothed to her if only to keep their Targaryen blood pure. All right, so Aemon is a white supremacist. You gotta love it. Aegon runs off to get more drink from the serving woman with a simple wench drink. Laris is there watching Allison. as I said. He is now the new lord of Harrenhal, which we find out. One of Lena's daughters holds uh, Jason's hand as he tries to awkwardly uh, offer sympathy. Corliss is speaking to Lucerus and to, uh, to Luke, I'll call him Luke, and tells him that his seat and the high tide castle will be his one day. But Luke says he doesn't want it because if he is, it means that everyone is dead. Is that foreshadowing? I don't know. Rhaenys ignores Rhaenyra when they have a weird moment in the room and walks to her granddaughters instead to hug them. And I imagine she's ignoring her because she knows uh, Rhaenyra is uh, not sleeping with her own son. Rhaenyra and Damon exchange some looks throughout the whole ceremony here. And as night falls, we see Lanor in the water in an almost trance of grief, sw swishing or uh, moving back and forth, rather looking at the water as the water swishes around him. Corliss goes to Carl to tell him uh, uh, to get Lanor out of the water. Viserys uh, uh, talks to Damon and wants him to come back to King's Landing. What the fuck is wrong with Viserys? Apparently, you can try to assault his daughter sexually, and he still wants you to come back and be part of the kingdom. Damon refuses the offer, walks off, not but not without, but not before he has an exchange with Otto, comparing Otto to a leech wanting another mm. meal. Viserys walks by Allison and calls her Emma, which or Emma rather, which we haven't heard in quite some time. So clearly he's getting older and forgetting things. Kristen is assigned the night the night's watch. Aegon, we see later, is smacked by Otto, who sends him to bed as Carl brings back Lenor. Sends him to bed. Eamon is watching all of this as he hears a dragon roar. Um, Michael, I go to you first. Woo, a lot happened at this funeral. 
and a lot happened at the uh, after funeral. Lord Almighty, what do you think about all this? I mean, all I can think, you know, the holidays are coming up, and I know that a lot of people are going home for Thanksgiving dinners, and those tend to be, uh, you know, supercharged, depending on your political beliefs and your family's sure. political beliefs. And I was like, well, this this funeral trumps everybody's Thanksgiving dinners. Nobody's yeah. going to have a Thanksgiving dinner that's close to what's going on here. Um, you know, it's like I, I was saying at the top. It, it was great because, you're right, it was almost comical. Yeah. The way that nobody was saying every anything, but it was just eyes were darting. Like, had you just scored that differently, it would have been very hilarious. It was like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, but because we've been along for this ride and we know the subtext of every single glance, yeah. it was thrilling. You know, like Rhaenyra's checking out Damon from across the way. Damon's looking over here. Uh, you know, all the kids are dealing with their stuff. And... Uh, I just kind of felt like they nailed every moment. Kind of to Shannon's point, everybody was acting in character here. Everybody was doing what you would expect them to do. So it kind of yeah. set the stage for where we were going to go. It was, you know, when you compare this opening scene to the scene that we get later in the episode after everything goes down, where everything bubbles over the surface, this is just the tension scene. This is right. just, let's define where everybody's tension level is. Um, a couple things that stood out to me. I just think, look, Rhaenyra's, Rhaenyra's kids are good dudes. They're they just people. seem like good dudes. Like yeah. they're not, they're not the toughest. Um, they're not as shitty as their uncles. Is that right? Their uncles? The other? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uncles, right? Um, but yeah, they're not as shitty as those Targaryen kids. Um, but, uh, they're just nice, you know, they're, they're dealing with the truth of who they are, but just the way that with Jace who goes over and holds, yeah. uh, holds the girl's hand, like, you know, they're just, they're just good guys. And, and, and in a show where everyone is shown at their worst at times, uh, and especially in house of the dragon where everyone's, uh, issues are on display, like they just seem like you're you're kind of just rooting for these kids. Uh, you know, I know we're getting a time jump in the next episode coming up where we see them as older, and I'm really curious to see where they go. Um, I'm curious to see where Viserys goes. I mean, uh, is this skeleton with hair on it? Like, what's the next shot? I, I'm really worried <laughs> for the start. man. I mean, he's going no to start. He's going to start introing each episode of Tales of the Crypt. It's good. He's ready. He's ready to rock. The curious um, case of Viserys Button. That's what it looks like to me. But yeah, go ahead. You know, but you are, and you know, again, just Viserys is just so ineffectual. And you kind of just see how his inability to want to get in front of these issues, his inability to, yeah. to your point, his inability to put his foot down with his brother, his inability to sort of deal with the truth that everybody can see about his grandchildren is what's going to lead to all these issues when he finally one day decides to leave this earth, which he probably should have done a good time, like three episodes ago. Uh, Otto coming back in, you know, that you guys, you guys have more issues with some of the jumps that they're making in House of the Dragon than yeah. I do. Like, I, I kind of feel like, yeah, it was, uh, Viserys seems like a pretty loyal guy. He got in a big fight with Otto, but just as he went over to Damon and was like, hey, I know that I kind of had my foot on your throat and threatened to kill you if you ever came back, but why don't you come back? This seems like the guy that when his hand is gone is going to be like, eh, Otto was a pretty good hand. I don't really, he's not the guy that buys the new couch. He goes and sits on his old comfortable couch. So that doesn't strike me as too out of character. 
<laughs> that 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 was that tracked for me. That's good. Um, and and I just love that. You know, in a, I was reading, I think it was The Ringer or some article was saying this, that, you know, a lot of times what TV shows do is they they choose, they they use the big event at the end of an episode. Like you have everybody talking about, oh, we've got to go to this wedding, funeral, dance, celebration, and yeah. you see what everybody's issues are. And then when you get to the event, that's when the issues come out. And here you just went right in on that funeral and just forced every major character that we've seen in the show up to this point into one space together and it was a powder keg yeah yeah absolutely shannon what stood out to you as, as michael said absolutely a powder keg or at least you're seeing the gas being laid on the ground leading to the explosion the fireworks dump you can certainly see it in this scene because i mean this is great everybody gets brought back in and remember it's been a few years since some of these people have seen each other including uh, uh damon and rainier so a lot of old shit needs to come out here and get talked about um, what did you think about all of this? I mean, something that the show does really, really well is introducing a character and making us feel one way. And mm. then within an episode or two, it's a complete 180. And it's the same thing that they did with Game of Thrones. I mean, granted, right. you know, with the books that, you know, we started off, Jamie Lannister was the most horrendous being we could ever, we could ever fathom it, uh, existing. And then in a couple of seasons, like Jamie's a hero. Um, Aemon Targaryen, even in this, ep even in the beginning of this part of this episode, like the way he's introduced is this is the guy that this is the kid that didn't get a dragon. He just seems kind of sad. So as an audience, we're kind of on it. We're, we kind of feel bad for him. Like, ah, oh, that poor kid. That's so oh, yeah. yeah. And then you see the way that Aegon is talking about how he has to marry his sister, which, you know, is pretty freaking weird. Yeah. Um, but Aemon, Aemon being like, no, I would do it because that's yeah. what we're supposed to do. That's that's our duty. And it's like, oh, he's, he's a good guy. And then uh, when we get to the next part, it's like, oh, no, you're, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, love the moment between uh, Corliss and uh, uh, Luke. Yeah. The, where, like, Corliss, even though he's not a fool, like, he understands that these, that these kids are not his blood. But you, you sense a genuine affection that he has. And they're able to do that in a very short amount of time mm -hmm. where he's telling him, like, look, this is going to be yours. And Luke's saying, I don't want it. <laughs> he's like, that means everybody's dead. And so even though Corliss could be um, a, a thorn in the king's side, like watching his interactions with his family it's like okay i i actually sense that this guy this guy's real like like this is this is a this is a good man who is in sort of uh, a uh extraordinary extraordinary circumstance <laughs> i think tell vogel didn't agree with me on that yeah, well, well, rainey's uh, might have some words to say to you uh, about oh, that but yeah yeah sure <laughs> sure but but i think that's what uh, steve Toussaint, the the yeah, actor oh, yeah. who plays it so, he does such a great job because at what point is it like he he's acting out of love or he's acting out of self interest right he does such a good job because at this point like as an audience we're kind of being told what it is yeah. but it's very hard to suss that out because it's like i believe everything that this guy is saying yeah. um i love the our eyes darting around everyone kind of like eh, are we gonna talk about this we're gonna talk about that freaking laris hanging out with it even sir Kristen, who at, at this point the audience is like yeah you're a bad guy even he's just like hey that, that creepy fuck has been <laughs> staring at you this whole time like it's just it's just wonderful um game piece placement yes where it's like we've got everybody here ba, 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 
Let's see what happens. Yeah. Kristen Cole saying, I know I stare at Rainier a lot, but he's really staring at you, Allison. <laughs> it's a little uncomfortable. You should take a look at this. Yeah, I think you uh, make an excellent point, Shannon. Gameplay, uh, uh, sorry, uh, chess placement of the, all the role. You're seeing where everybody's going to be because we're about to start moving the chess pieces, and it's going to be a hell of a game for sure. Uh, even Otto says, now you're learning how to play the game later on in the episode, really putting a a uh, kind of a button on it for sure. All right, let's move on. Well, actually, let's take a quick break and move on to the next section of uh, the show before Michael has to warn me. I'll be right back. Do, 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 do. I'm trying to get better, Michael. I appreciate it. All right, let's move on to the next section. Uh, the gentleman that uh, Shannon was just now uh, fawning all over Corliss is taking a task by his wife, Rainis, who is talking to him and saying about how Lena wanted to come home and she's kind of blaming him because the Pentosi masters didn't do a good enough job with her that they could have saved her, but you didn't let it, her come home. And he's saying the gods are to blame. Uh, and she says, well, maybe it's your pride. And she calls him out that Corliss wanted the crown and wants their heirs to have a stake at the lineage of sitting on the Iron Throne. He he tries to defend himself, saying, well, you were wronged and you I'm fighting for you. And she's like, no, nah, don't be ridiculous. I let that shit go a generation ago. You're the one still holding on to it for your pride. He counters that he is seeking legacy. Uh, and we realize that they, they are just not built the same. And then she says to him, I want Driftmark to go to Bela and bypass Rhaenyra's children because she knows they're not their blood. But um, but uh, uh, Corliss counters saying uh, that history does not remember blood. It remembers names. So he refuses, which I imagine will cause some division between them. Rhaenyra and Damon are now walking. We cut to Rhaenyra and Damon walking on the beach. By the way, they're walking on the same beach that she walked with Laner, I think, in episode three. But they are walking in the opposite direction. Symbolism. Rhaenyra shamelessly says that her marriage is a farce. But she at least makes an effort to maintain appearances. And I wrote, what? You're having children with another man where it's obvious by all appearances that you are not maintaining appearances. Anyway, she's almost complaining that she was named heir. Says that to her and uh, Laner tried to conceive, but they never made a baby. She she says it, it felt good with Harwin Strong to be desired. Uh, and she regrets letting Harwin go to the Riverlands. She talks of the Heron's curse, which... Damon kind of scoffs at and she and she doesn't think that Allison is capable of cold murder clearly going to the school of Michael Vogel and Shannon McClung Damon disagrees Rhaenyra complains that he abandoned her this is so weird and that her life turned to shit without him uh, and he says I think my life turned out and this leads to them having this slow moment and then boom they start making out and later they're having sex on the dunes like pina colada we have to we move to Aegon who is watching Vagar sleep is he going to bond with this dragon? Is he not going to bond with the dragon? And uh, and then eventually, after a couple of uh, uh, exchanges and him speaking in Valerian, he climbs on top of Vagar, and then Vagar takes off. Aemon is holding on for dear life. If you've seen Top Gun Maverick, you've seen this scene. As he learns how to ride Vagar, he is absolutely, I put he's absolutely losing <laughs> his nut here. Great special effects and a great music cue. To end, and then Amon comes in cocky after his ride is met by the kids Luke, Jace, Reyna, and Bela, uh, who have been woken up here by him riding on Vagar. Reyna is mad because she thinks the dragon should have gone to her, and then a fight breaks out between them all, and and it leads up to Amon's uh, eye being taken out or essentially cut up, uh, and it's broken up, and they all are brought before the king. So let's stop there. Shannon, I go to you a lot in this section here with a lot of interesting exchanges here between uh, Rhaenys and Corliss, her calling him out on his ambition. 
Then we're seeing uh, uh, Damon and um, and uh, Rhaenyra finally consummate the will they or won't they situation, and another consummation, Vagar and Aemon. So, w- what's your thoughts on all these uh, uh, these scenes here in this section of the show? Well, back to the gentleman that I was fawning over, Corliss. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the scene. I love okay. the scene. It's a yeah, great scene so. because, again, uh, you know, I, Renice has a point that like I let this go a generation yeah. ago why can't you and like he again he start like he wouldn't like if if she had gotten the crown I don't believe he would have been the king like he would have been the right. king consort king consort yes so even though she's like you know you want the throne I he, you know he's thinking of legacy he's thinking he's thinking of his kids of of his of his line yeah. so I even though like yes he he's doing he he's doing things for the wrong reasons. Like he, it's it's not from a it's not from a self. I, I don't know. It's like it's not from a self. I think place. you're trying to defend him, and you can't find the words. He's he's trying. He he he's doing what he thinks is the right thing. There you go. Um, and uh, and that includes like Renice, especially looking at how Viserys has reigned and how ineffectual he's been. Renice probably would have been better at this job. So across the board, things would have been better. So, but I do like how she came back at him that she's just like, you know, this, this has cost one of our, this has cost our children now because of your, because of your ambition. And, you know, know, these kids, those kids, those are, those are not your blood and the whole, it's not history doesn't remember blood. It remembers names. So it was just, again, just a really, really great scene. Um, You know, the whole Damon Rhaenyra, romance i i imagine that's yeah that's that's not meant to make the audience come comforted yeah um so that scene i was just kind of like she she's really dug him all this year man i do not get the targaryens uh uh you know wanting marrying within the family like that just does not that just that 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 doesn't that doesn't uh, check all the boxes for me. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's 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 making great drama, and then for a moment, the way it was shot, because again, I saw everything perfectly clear. Uh, <laughs> at first, I thought Eamon was watching them, and I was oh, like, yeah, yeah. "Oh boy, it looked like here that we go." Yeah. Um, but then that bonding moment with the dragon, because it didn't occur to me like, "Oh wait, you shouldn't be doing this." You know, this is this should go to one of um, uh, Lena's daughters. Right. But like that moment of, oh, is he is he going to be able to do this? It reminded me of how to train your how to train your dragon uh, with Toothless and Hiccup right at the beginning, um, but a much more uh, extreme version. Um, but watching the whole flight scene like that was very, very well done. It's like, oh, good for you, kid. You got you got your dragon. And then the shit just hits the fan. Like, you know, you see someone that like uh, uh, fate starts to go their way for just a second and then they reveal who they truly are, which is a gigantic piece of shit. (laughs) And granted, like the fact that he the the whole pig incident, he's blaming that on his nephews. Yeah. On his uncles, nephews, his nephews. He's he full on is blaming his nephews and not his older brother. And then just watching these kids throw down. I mean, I really thought, who, who is is Bela? Bela's the oldest daughter, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I really like the moment that she cold cocked him. I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. And you see, like, I don't think that the that uh, uh, Rhaenyra's kids. It's not that they're weak. 
this he's a, he's an older kid yeah, yeah, yeah you know he's trained longer but you see the strongs like they don't give up yeah and so you know the only reason that fight stopped was because of the knights because of sir harold coming in like yeah. you know when push came to shove a strong kid will take your eyeball yeah. um so i i think when everyone is sort of uh has is matured and is physically on the same level my sense and again i don't know the books my sense is that the strong kids are going to be uh uh a uh, difficult to handle yeah but again i chess pieces awesome a lot of fun yeah and a great illusion there uh, him holding up i think it was uh luke he was holding up and had the stone in his hand essentially looking like he was going to bash him just like Damon bashed his first wife. So clearly in the Targaryen blood, stonings are in play always in a fight. So or in an issue, you can resolve things in that certain way. Mike, so much in these scenes, the stuff that you could see. Uh, what did you think about these three scenes here in this section of the show here? What stood out to you? What really kind of uh, grabbed your eye or did you catch? Here? Well, not a lot grabbed my eye, but I do have a lot of thoughts. Um <laughs> No, I mean, look, here's here's the thing about Corliss, uh, where I, I don't fully agree with Shannon. I think, I think I'm on, like, just the opposite side of the coin from Shannon. Like, yeah, Corliss, I don't think he's a bad guy, but yeah, I yeah. think he is not 100% uh, authentic with his motivations. Like, does he think he loves those kids? Yeah. Is he going to treat them right? Yeah. He knows they're not his kids. Right. But like he says... Nobody remembers blood. They remember the name. And all he really cares about is rising his house up in power. And he couches it really nicely. Oh, I'm doing it for you, wife, because you were wronged. Oh, I love these children. I don't care what anybody says. They're mine. None of that is genuine. And Rainey's totally calls him out accurately on it. She was like, look, she was the one that was like, you putting Lenor in this position puts him in danger. You are putting our children in danger. You are putting our children in dangerous positions to try and elevate yeah. the house. And then as far as she knows, by the end of this episode, she's lost two of her kids. She's lost her two kids. So, and it's all because Corliss you know, he's going to pretend that those are his grandkids all day long if those kids get on the throne. So he wants to give one of them his house and he wants the other one to be on the throne. He's trying to spread it all out. And I don't think that it's he really loves them. So he's turning a blind eye. I think he really wants that legacy. So he will turn a blind eye. I think that's what's really going on. And I think Renice calls him out on it. Um, I agree with you. Like, he's really likable. Like, you want to like him. Like, he does a better job than most of probably even convincing himself that he's doing things for the right reasons. But I think the reason that he's doing it is all pretty clear. Um, once we left that, things started to get very, very dark, and I turned off all the lights in my house and sat in the dark to watch what was happening next. <laughs> and by squinting and listening very carefully, I picked up on most of it. Um, you know, I, listen, I don't know what to tell you. I'm glad you two are the two guys in America that could see what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe it's because both of these things were unholy union. So you had to watch them. You didn't, he wanted to be maybe that's Maybe before. that, maybe that's what it was. Uh, you know, as far as Rhaenyra go, you look, I, I'm slightly more sympathetic to Rhaenyra, I think, than wow. you are as far yeah. as. 
like her and Lena are like they tried to they tried to have a baby. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. clearly brother's a gold star gay and was not feeling it for Rhaenyra. Like he was not, it was not in the cards for him. So they tried. And so now you've got this woman who has a husband. She knows exactly what her husband is about. She is accepting of that. And he's not going to have sex with her. And she's expected to produce heirs. Like, what do we expect her to do? Like sit and be a nun and never have a baby. Like not going to make her happy and not going to make the kingdom happy. Like as the queen, she needs to have an heir. And I think it's important. Like they're not creating a relationship with Rhaenyra and Lenore that is contentious. They're not creating a relationship that is, uh, she resents him. Like they were very open from the get go. So I think it puts her in a bit more of a sympathetic position um, as far as Herman Damon goes, I mean, like, look, she's clearly had it bad for him from day one. Um, and putting aside the creepiness of it, um, those two have always had a bond that nobody else had. From the very first time that he walked into the throne, when she walked in and found him in the throne room sitting on the Iron yeah. Throne, and they're both speaking to each other in High Valerian, like, they had a way of communicating with each other. They saw each other in a way that, like, nobody else in the family did. And so as creepy as the Targaryens are all going to marry each other vibe of it is like, they've done a good job of going like these two see eye to eye. Like these two are on the same page and both are, I don't mean this in a moral way, but I mean, just from a world of Westeros power way, they are both better versions of themselves when they are a team. Good point. they yeah. work well together. Like I'm not that's not I'm not saying they are good people when they're together. Or but good they for work each other. really, really yeah, they work really, really well. Like when you look at the relationship, like Allison and Viserys is not a relationship that anybody's going after. Damon and Lena, it's like he said, like they got along well enough. It wasn't a bad arrangement. Um, Lenor and Rhaenyra, see eye to eye, good communication, not what you would call an epic romance. And Damon and Rhaenyra together, you're like, this works. It's creepy yeah. and weird. But it works. Uh, yeah, I agree with Shannon. How to Train Your Dragon vibes all day long um, with Eamon. And again, at this point, you're kind of rooting for him. He was a little bit of the underdog. The whole sequence was great. I do love, look, Game of Thrones is all about the drama and the backstabbing and all of the soap opera stuff that we're getting right now with House of the Dragon. But it's also about big fucking dragons. Mm-hmm. And I think they really, really delivered. It was also a thrill because you two don't know this, but the second that Vagar opened his mouth and spit fire, everyone else in America was like, oh, thank fuck, I can see again. Like, it was like, as soon as they took <laughs> off and there was a moon in the sky, it was like, okay, I, that's a dragon, cool. Like, there was like, oh, thank Christ, that dragon can spit fire because now I can see what's going on. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Vagar, for that. Uh, and then, yeah, like, kid on kid violence. Who Oof. knew we wanted it, but we got it. And yeah. oh, it was really, really something to see. Well, especially because, like, you do, like, to Shannon's point, um, like, that's fucked up. Like, going after, like, like, like look, if, if those girls had gone up and tried to bond with Vagar and he wasn't having it, cool, Vagar's open territory. But he did kind of sneak off and do that on the day of Lena's funeral. Yeah. Like... That's a hell of a thing to do. So the fact that the girls were so upset was great. And then this is that moment where Eamon as a character can either go, I really apologize, but it's happened and I can't take it back. Or he could be like, 
hey, maybe you should get a fucking pig, which is what he did. So he did not handle that great. And yes, I actually agree with you, Shannon. I just think that Rhaenyra's kids, I think their disposition is sweeter. Like they have a more emotional side that yeah. Allison's kids clearly do not have. Um, and also Sir Kristen did not train them as well. Like that was right. made very clear. So I do agree with you that when we see them in a few years, which is what we're going to see next week, I imagine they're going to be way more ready to go toe to toe with their uncles. Um, it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, that, that fucking knife swipe, whoo, when that, when his eye started dripping, I was like, oh shit, shit's about to go down. This is about to get real. I don't think I was even prepared for how real it got, but I was like, shit's about to go down. And Helena tried to warn him in the last episode, you'll lose an eye to get your dragon. She sees, this is a, she's like literally Nostradamus sitting around and they all think she's crazy and she's predicting everything that's going to happen. Uh, which is great. Um, yeah, loved everything here. The Corliss, I mean, it's great to see two actors get a chance to kind of really dig into a scene. And certainly uh, 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 Corliss and uh, Rainice going at it was so fun. This is why you cast two actors like this, Eve Best and Steve DeSantis, so they can go and have some fun with this dialogue and play the levels of the emotion. You know, when she's like, speak plain, husband, no one else is here. We know <laughs> what the fuck is going on with these kids. You know, it's all of that is here. And I love that they're playing all the levels as they're going back and forth. And she calls him out and she calls out his pride as it would happen because she, he does respect her as his wife, as an equal, right? He may have his ambition, but the way she speaks to him lets you see that they are equals in point. their marriage, which is great That's to see. That's a really see. good point. Yeah. And then he just walks off because she did call him out. He's probably grumbling somewhere about it because she was right. And he's probably mad about it because she was right. And I'm sure that's happened more than once in that relationship for sure. So it was great to see that. Uh, yeah, but the 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 Vagar thing is is I think it's a microcosm of the world. The people who play by the rules more often than not are going to get fucked over by the people who don't. And the both the, of the girls didn't want to bond with Vagar out of respect for their mother, out of respect for the funeral, and they got caught sleeping literally while a Amon went in there and bonded with Vagar. So it sucks. But in the world of Game of Thrones, you play by the rules, you die pretty quickly. You don't usually stick around for too long. And then late, and then the other scene with the kids. I mean, that's some great fight choreography because that's how kids would fight. And so it's it was so believable as opposed to looking like a slap happy thing. It was very clear who the status and the girls were getting as good as they as they got. They weren't afraid to have a kid hitting a girl. Like this is these are kids. Kids don't care about gender when they're fighting at that age. They're just fighting. And so you saw it. It was so believable. To see that, and when they were all ganging up on him, I was like, oh. Oh, "Shit, what are we getting?" <laughs> and then when he fought back, and then the eye—I mean, that was a desperation. But you're right, Mike. You bring up a point. The strongs don't quit, and Shannon, I think you said that as well. The strongs don't quit, and I think that was a great little um, precursor or foreshadowing of how they're going to be as we do this time jump in all the situations to come. So you respect that for sure. All right. Well, it's funny. Break. Well, real. Just sorry. Okay. Just it just made me think of something. Like we were talking about. Like this is how kids fight. Yeah. Kids and Amond, I think, has grown out of that. And I think that's what makes him even shittier is yeah. he's the oldest one and he's the one that should know better. And he right, was the yeah. one that escalated things. Right. But also, but also, I think and in one way the kids don't fight. I think there's one. I think you're right. I mean, I think they did a great job and it felt very real and it felt very like, yes, this is this is what kids this age would do. Except that as soon as whichever one of the kids grabbed the rock. Yeah, yeah. And then Luke, pulling the knife yeah. after that. But like, like it was like, it escalated for like, these aren't kids who are in like, a, we're fighting on the playground, but we're not real. Like we're fighting because right. we're all upset, but we're like, these kids were like, I will kill you. 
Yeah. Like there because was death. Raised... Death was in the room. Oh, it yeah, was death, like death, it was death. happening. Yeah. Because they're being because they're being raised in this world. If they were raised mm -hmm. in our world, they maybe wouldn't grab a rock or a knife or anything. But in that world, it's all in play. It's all in play. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll jump into the last sections of the show right after this. All right, I'm going to speed through this as quick as possible because I know we have some hard outs here. All right, uh, what did I leave off at? Okay, so we, now everybody's brought before the king. So it's like one of the worst, worst effing family get-togethers. Everybody is brought before the patriarch to defend their side. Allison defends her kid. Her, uh, Allison defends Amon, saying that he was attacked and ganged up on by all these kids. Corliss and Rhaenys show up to protect the two uh, Lena's girls. Then Rhaenyra shows up after her tryst with Damon all of a sudden and runs in to protect her boys. The kids revealed, her kids revealed that they were called bastards by Aemon. Allison tries desperately to keep the king from asking him where he heard such a slander. Yeah, he finally breaks down and says it was Aegon. And then the king grills Aegon. And Aegon says, dude, everyone can, everyone fucking knows, guy. Everyone knows kids. Everyone knows. <laughs> Uh, then the king uh, demands that they all apologize to each other because this infighting needs to stop. By the way, it's so funny. The kids fighting is a microcosm of the adults doing the exact same thing, but in a higher level. But they're doing the exact same goddamn thing. Um, uh, Allison asks for one of the eyes of Rhaenyra's sons as a payment for Aemon's eye. The king refuses. So she goes over his head to ask Kristen, who says he will do it. The king stops her and says that anyone who questions the birth of the children, of Rainier's children, will have their tongue taken out. Allison flips out, grabs the king's knife, and it's the knife that's going to be used multiple times through Game of Thrones, the series, uh, and comes at Rainier's kids. Uh, and they fight. Uh, Rainier and Allison essentially fight, holding each other there, and they unleash some uh, um, barbs on each other that have been years in the making, years in the coming at each other, getting it all out. And then eventually Allison slashes Rainiera essentially drawing first blood in a civil war. Uh, and then Amon steps in, a little late, son, and says not to mourn him. He lost an eye, but he got a dragon in the end. Uh, then doesn't Allison... give a fuck. Doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> He's like, hey, did I, did I tell you guys? I got a dragon. You're like, read dragon. the room, dude. <laughs> I got a dragon. Uh, then we cut to later. Allison and Otto are speaking. Uh, she is saying that she disgraced herself, but Otto will have none of it. He lauds her actions. He gives her advice on how to wean the king back. You know why? Because he knows Viserys is a softy, and if you just wait him out, he'll eventually forgive you. And he lauds Aemon's actions, saying that little rebel got us, uh, Vagar on our side. And it's like getting a, a good draft pick in the first round, essentially, is what he's saying, as we're leading to this civil war that is coming. Uh, Rhaenyra is getting stitched up. Laenor shows up here, says he should have been there, feels guilt over his sister, feels guilt over not protecting the kids. He does say he loved the kids. He loves the kids. But he has failed her, uh, and he says maybe he didn't love them enough. He says he hates the gods for making him as he is, uh, but she yes. says she doesn't. He is an honest man with a good heart, brings up their arrangement. Carl says he's uh, – she tell, he tells her that Carl is leaving to fight at the Stepstones. Lenor recommits himself to her. Talk about not reading the room, Mike. Just as she has opened the door to Damon being her uh, lover and, uh, as we'll see, eventually her husband – Allison and Viserys are in the carriage heading back to King's Landing. She tries to apologize. He'll hear none of it. Corliss and Rhaenyra now look on from different places in the castle as the kingship sails away with the dragons flying behind. Three dragons leave with it. Two we haven't met. Uh, Sunfire the Golden, that's Aegon's dragon, and Dreamfire, Helena's dragon, is there. So I'm sure those are going to come into place. So now we have eight fucking dragons, people. Put it on the list. 
Uh, Laris comes to talk to her as Damon comes to talk to Rhaenyra, and Rhaenyra talks about the power of fire. Everything Targaryen is owed to it uh, has come at a cost. The sea offers an escape while fire is a prison. Laris comes to Allison's side, who you two think is so innocent and would have never done that. He offers to take an eye to balance the scales. She says no at this time, but says his devotion is not going unnoticed. Says the day will come when she will require such a friend with his skill and discretion. Rhaenyra says she needs Damon, uh, and uh, and as as Aegon needed his sisters. Nice illusion because she wants him to marry her, so her claim will be even stronger. He says we cannot marry until Laenor is Laenor is dead. We cut to Damon talking to Carl and essentially plying him with money and gold to kill Laenor with witnesses so he can be a man of power in the narrow, narrow sea. We see Damon, I think, kill a page. We see Carl supposedly start a battle with and, and to kill Lenor, uh, and then we see the guard the, with the page run off. Uh, uh, Lenor's page run off to go get the guards. The guards come in with Corliss and Rhaenys, and they see a burned, charred body who they think is Lenor. And then we see Damon and Rhaenyra married in some in some Targaryen ritual with a lot of blood. With the kids <laughs> looking on, and then we see a bald headed figure running down the beach in a hood, jumps into a boat with Carl. And it is Lenar, and they are rowing off to have a beautiful life somewhere in the narrow sea. Vogel, woo, so much. Please break it down. What's your thoughts? Ah, God, I mean, listen, I, uh, Kit, you, you thought, you thought kid fighting was great, and then this scene happened. I was clutching my pearls every two seconds for this entire <laughs> scene. It was, it was thrilling. It yeah. was thrilling to watch all of this bubble over. Like, totally. it, it's great. What Game of Thrones does so well is there's so much, uh, or what, I should say what House of the Dragon has been doing really well, is there's so much being said without things being said. Everybody is not saying things. Otto Hightower doesn't want to say, I saw Rhaenyra and Damon in the whorehouse. Alicent right. is like, even implies that those aren't Lenor's kids. And Viserys is like, I'll have none of it. Like, no, like, you know, like every single one of the characters is like, Ooh, I, they'll, they'll do little barbs, but they won't just come out and say it. So then when you have a scene where it is just all out in the open, um, you know, when Rhaenyra's kids are like, they called us bastards. And Viserys is like, who said this? And they're like, he did it. And then it was like, he did it. And so, yeah, when Aegon is like, yo, grandpa, everybody knows. I was like, (gasps) (laughs) like there was just, there was no getting away from it. And then Viserys still tried to get away from it. And he was like, nobody's going to say this. We're all putting this behind us. That's it. And like, that's, he wanted this to be done. And he like, and for the first time, Allison was like, that is not enough. Like my son lost an eye. We cannot, this, this will not stand. And the fact that, it's Viserys' son. Like, Viserys' son yeah, got true. his eye sliced, and he was like, y'all, let's go to bed. It's been a day. Like, he didn't <laughs> even want to touch it. He was, an, and, and look, I know that, Johnny, you're not the biggest Allison fan, and she's not a good person, but her son, her son was permanently oh, no. maimed. I think she's got a right And her husband, and her saying. husband... Yeah chooses his daughter over his wife and his son true very true like like you know it is it is clear to me why she lost her shit in this scene oh absolutely like she absolutely it was completely it's it was a crazy move but it was absolutely justified in that moment because Rhaenyra you know 
like, to your point, walks in after sleeping with her uncle, gets mad at everybody for calling her bastard children bastards. And then when dad is like, all right, let's speak no more of it. She's like, thank you, father. Let's all go to bed. And Allison's <laughs> like, did everybody take fucking crazy pills? Um, now, I do think I, Sir Kristen doesn't, says, doesn't say he'll do it. Sir Kristen says, like, even Sir Kristen, the, the line I believe he says is, she was like, you're sworn to me. And he's like, I'm sworn to protect you. Like uh, he maybe. doesn't say I'm gonna do it. Like he he makes it really clear. He's like he looks at the, he he reads the room. He's I heard as that you wish, but you might be right. He he says he says I'm sworn to protect you. Basically, he says I will I will go I will throw myself on a sword to keep you alive, but I'm not gonna go slice somebody's eye out for you. That's especially a no, child. Especially I'm a child. good. I'm good. Um, and again, I think that is also why she ends up like pulling that knife. And then when those two are just locked with each other and, you know, she's just like, you're, you're so entitled and she's not wrong. And then Rainier is like, well, now everybody sees you for who you are, you know, wrapped in all of your honor and this and that, like everybody saw hmm. you just tried to stab a kid. So you crazy bitch. Like it was, it was just. Absolutely stuff. thrilling. Like it was hard for me to even focus on anything after that scene because it was all so great. Um, a couple things really quickly yep. on the rest of the scene. So Allison, again, I think reading the scene with her and Otto, and then the scene with her and what's his name? Uh creepy dude, Laris. 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 Um I think to me, this is also the proof that like she really didn't know what Laris was going to do in the last episode. I don't think she was devious then. And I think what she does here, this is the moment where she breaks and her dad is like, didn't know you had it in you, but I'm glad it's there now. And she all of a sudden goes, oh, I I thought I was going to get yelled at. I thought I was like, this is, she's been yelled at her entire life by her dad. And now the first time that she thinks she went too far, her dad was like, there it is. There it is. And then the very next scene, Laris comes up to her and John, to your point, now she goes, you know, last week she was like, I can't believe you did that. I never wanted that. That's not what I wanted. Now she goes, I might need a favor at some point in my life. I'm going to come back to you for that favor. (laughs) And and like, you're like, all right, cool. I see. I see where this is going. Um, Then Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra and Damon talking. I was like, after this lovely scene with Rhaenyra and Lenor, where it was like kind of really sweet. And he was like, I'm going to try my best and she was like you're a good dude and then she was like hey i want you and he was like well lane has got to die and she was like i know and i was like these fucking targaryens this is some bullshit and then and then uh, they had me hook line and sinker like given who rhaenyra and damon are i fully believed i was like well let's watch these two turn these two gay men against each other kill this poor gay guy this is some bullshit. This is some. Sh- I am so mad about this. I don't know. I'm. I'm. These two. I can't get on board. And then I was like, Oh, you know what? Like, sure, Damon did kill an innocent person because they needed a body. So they're not like good people. Right. But I was like, That was. You know what? I'm glad that Lenor got his little happy ending. And to your point about the books, John, I have, as I've said, I've not read the books, but I did read enough to know the way that these books were written. Are, they're written as histories. They're written yes. as from the perspective of the maesters and some of right. the body storytelling. But so, yes, in the books, it does say that Lenor died. But given what we saw here, 
Yeah, yeah. That is also what the books would have said. So technically this doesn't like go against what's in the books because the books are no, no, because the books are purposely the books are written definitive to be overly... that he dies. They're not definitive no. how. No, no, They're no. What my what my point is, if you okay. were writing a history of Westeros, yeah, yeah, yeah. you would write that oh, Lady right, definitively died. died. Yes. You're that right. was You're that's what point. would be in the book. So Absolutely. what they're doing with this show, I mean, I was I was reading up on it because you just keep spoiling stuff every week when you talk I'm about the books, so I had to get a little that. bit ahead of it. But <laughs> but no, like so even like um Rhaenyra's children absolutely not being Lanor's like the way the books are written it's maybe implied but it's not 100 percent right. certain so because the books are written as official histories within the world of Westeros it does give you that wiggle room and what they did with Lanor is some pretty significant wiggle room but I thought it was nice as somebody uh, I was reading some article that they were like Game of Thrones is the only show that can give you a plot twist that's happy and it's surprising because so yep. few happy things happen but I will take it their history does not jiggle jiggle it wiggle wiggles shannon thoughts on these last thoughts on these last scenes here man i know you got the heart out so please what what's your thoughts on these last scenes i mean you know uh vogel vogel covered a lot of it but i mean in terms of performance i loved matt smith and this whole scene how he's just sitting back just enjoying the show like he's just leaning being like all right what do i have to do okay at the end i'm gonna come in here um again to talk about uh steve toussaint um, when uh, Rhaenyra and uh, Allison have had their uh, uh, confrontational moment, when you literally see the two sides of the board, yes, how it's you know it's yes. they're they're the on opposite coming. sides. Yeah, um, Steve Toussaint's look, even though it's very clear what side he's on, his look about what has just gone down in his cast was like, yeah, y'all gotta go. <laughs> 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 this 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 uh event is officially over it's time to go home um loved the shitty when, when they talk when they ask where Le, uh lenor is mm-hmm. and he's like uh, this here is like, yes yes the, the, the boy's father should be here and allison says oh he's probably out entertaining young squires oh, yeah, and yeah. the the chuckle that sir Kristen has yeah oh. he's a that that sir harold then looks at him like yeah. you see that death stare which grand mctavish is a wonderful actor i wish we would see more of him like he's got he's got the he had some great stuff in the first episode but he's really been set dressing at this point yeah. like i really want i really want to see that moment where those two are probably going to go up against each other uh because they're going to go with who they're probably well, actually no he would be with viserys no yeah no, i think damon <laughs> is mind. Gonna, i think damon is going to go up against Kristen because remember damon stops Kristen when Kristen tries to intervene in that right. scene so i think that's going to be the battle but you, right. you know, we'll see um, and I also just want to talk about the lack of expediency that the pages at Driftmark have <laughs> when, when Carl and Lenor start this fight and he's like, I'll go get the guards. <laughs> they had enough time to drag this body out that had been stashed. That's true. Throw it in the fire long enough for his features to be completely burned off yeah. and then make their escape. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> they're right up there with Lena's handmaidens last week who were like all helping her have that baby. And then somehow right. she managed to get up and walk out of the room with nobody <laughs> noticing. She slipped out. <laughs> we, just because we have salt in our blood does not make us fast. Apparently. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I really, I really like the ending that Lenor had that he and Carl, he and Carl are going to go off and have some, have some adventures together uh, on the other side of the narrow sea. Um, the Targaryens, 
slicing themselves up yeah, as man. they marry within the family. It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you obviously Barath, Robert Baratheon did not turn out to be a good king, but he was probably right. Like this family should probably go. <laughs> Agreed. Now I loved I loved the final scenes. Thought they were great. As Michael said, like it was great to see them all in the room together, going at each other, and all the secrets being spilled out. All the tea, like we said before, this is a soap opera, and every soap opera has that moment when every character shows up and all the tea gets spilled. Kind of like almost a reset, and then boom, we go forward now with these new storylines, these new divisions, these new teams being laid out, and seeing where we're going to go and how comfortable these teams are and how cohesive. These sides are as we build to the civil war that is going to be happening, the Dance of Dragons. And I'm looking forward to it for sure. I don't have much more to add other than that. Really enjoyed it. Great performances. Love the pacing of this. It, the, the overall feeling, and we'll get your overall thoughts real quick as well. Um, the overall feeling I have is that I wish they had taken their t- I do wish this wasn't until the third season. That being said, I'm glad we got the episode. It's my favorite episode, I think, of the season so far. So I'm glad we got it, but if they had had confidence in the show that people would receive the show well, and they were going to have multiple seasons of it. Um, I think they could have taken their time building this all out, but in the end we got what we got. And I really liked this episode. Uh, final thoughts, Mike. Um, listen, I love this show so much when I can see it. It's great. Uh, and look, and I, and I, no, I, I, I mean, I, I agree with you that I think this show, this episode was just so much payoff for what we've been building. And there is a certain level of just like, uh, adrenaline rush to see all of this stuff just being thrown out on the table. I disagree with you a little bit that I kind of love the pace. Like I love when a show is moving at such a rapid pace that I can barely keep up with it that I am just left almost breathless because things are happening so fast as opposed to sort of telegraphing things and seeing where things are going, but having to wait to get there. And look, I love the pace of Game of Thrones. So I'm not, I mean, I'm sure had they slowed this down a little bit, uh, it still would have been super enjoyable, but all of these giant time jumps and like seeing where things go and like the setup and the payoff, like I'm very much enjoying it. So I'm, I'm loving the pace. Fair enough. Shannon, final thoughts? I mean, I'm I'm in between because I do like I do like the big moments that we're getting. I miss some of the moments that we're not getting. Like I would really like to have seen that conversation with uh, Viserys and Otto when you know when Otto becomes the hand again. There's there's so many little things that I'm like, ah, oh, that would have been a great moment. That could have been a great scene. That could have been a great storyline. But again, like I don't know if this is what the books do, but I mean, this is the path they're going on, and thus far, there's nothing in this that uh, that that is upsetting me. I mean, again, these these would have been nice to have. Yeah. Um, the only thing from a production standpoint that to me is a little bit of a ding is the lack of aging on certain characters. Oh, agree. It's been over a decade, and Otto looks exactly the same. Whereas you know we've had kids grow up. We've had act, we've had cast changes. Like you got to put some gray in that guy. You got to put more gray in that guy's hair. Yeah. <laughs> like he it needs is, to it age is an a odd, bit. It is an odd choice to go. We are going to so extremely age certain characters, and other characters were doing literally nothing. Even the old, even the older character, like Sir Harwin, looks the same as he did in the first episode we saw him in. So it's just kind of mind blowing on on the, who they're choosing to age and not. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Thank you all so much for watching this uh, spoiler review for episode seven, Driftmark. Here are the first season of House of the Dragon. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? 
Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies, on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung, on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca says. Uh, Mikey? Uh, hey, if you like looking at all of our smiling faces, we'd like to keep the lights on, unlike Game of Thrones. And here is how you guys can keep us uh, in the light. You can hit that like button below. You can subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Uh, leave your comments below. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Let us know what you thought of the lighting. Uh, you know, I know Shannon and Johnny have their opinions. Let us know what you thought about it. Uh, if you are listening to us on a podcast, uh, take a minute and leave us some comments. Leave us some stars so that we go up in the rankings so more people can find us. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it to your socials, send it to your friends, and tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. There you go. And of course, a big shout out to Carbon Health that continues to power and sponsor us here on the Geek Buddies. Head on over to CarbonHealth.com. Get checked out today. They have 100 plus locations in all over the country, 80 plus locations in California alone. Urgent care, virtual care, uh, 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 in-person care, and they want to set up plans for you specifically so you can be in the best shape of your life because you never know when you're going to have to throw down and throw a rock or grab a knife or whatever. You never know what happens at these family gatherings. So you want to be in the best shape possible in case anything does. So go to carbonhealth.com and get checked out today. All right, y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. We'll talk to you next time with another brand new spoiler review here from the Geek Buddies. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.